Welcome to Fearless Mom. We are in week two in our series on discipline, and we've intentionally entitled it, It's Not That Complicated. Our goal, our dream, is to take the overwhelming topic of discipline and to simplify it, to clarify it, so that you can implement it where you are. My prayer every time I teach, my prayer as I study, I say, God, please help me to see things clearly so that I can explain things simply. And so there are so many responsibilities of a mom, but our prayer is that you feel empowered, equipped, encouraged, and you get a simple handle that you can implement today. So before we get going, we want to welcome in our online moms. Online moms, remember that you may be watching by yourself, but you are not alone. None of us knows what we're doing either. We are all trying to figure it out as we go. And so you may be feeling discouraged sometimes. You may feel like you don't know what you're doing. But there's a group of moms here in Austin, Texas, cheering you on. Reminding you, don't give up, stay in the game, it is worth it, you do your best, and he will do the rest. Um, I feel like we should uh, start with prayer today, because, I mean, number one, we always do, but number two, because I am very passionate, I feel like I say that a lot, I'm very passionate about this topic, but I am super, super passionate about this topic, because it is so close to my heart, and so because of that, I could speak for three hours, and I know that that is not ideal for you right now. So I'm going to try to focus and stick to my notes, and um, so that requires some prayer. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the gift of motherhood. I thank you for every family represented in this room or listening or watching online. God, we trust you, and we are so grateful that you chose the children perfect for our homes, that we are the moms that you've chosen for our children. And God, we ask right now that you settle our hearts and our minds, that you open our eyes and our ears and teach us what you want us to know so we can raise up these children to love you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Now, the story I'm about to tell you actually happened. I'm not exaggerating for effect or to make a point. This is a true story. Everyone involved will verify the facts. Um, Emily was about six years old. Joseph was about four years old. And I was taking them swimming. And we had our six-year-old neighbor with us. And we began to drive to the pool. Something was going on in the back seat. I'm not exactly sure what, but... Emily said it was Joseph's fault. Joseph said it was Emily's fault. And they began to argue. I snapped, you know, as we do. And I said, stop it now. We're almost there. Um, If you continue arguing, then you will have to sit out of the pool for five minutes. Well, they continued to argue. And I reached around again, said five minutes, each of you. Our neighbor at this point, we had lived across the street. She was well acquainted with these situations. So she just sat quietly and watched me do my thing. And so at this point, Emily feels the need to say, this is not fair. It was all Joseph's fault. And she began to escalate in intensity, in passion, and volume. And so I said, hey, Emily, if you don't stop, you'll sit out 10 minutes. Understand? 
it is not my fault. It continued. Well, I'd already said it, so now what do I have to do? I go, Joseph, you're out five minutes. Emily, you're now out ten minutes. Well, that was not well received. And so she began to scream. We got closer and closer to the pool. Now, this pool where we were going swimming was behind a hotel. And so we pull up into the parking lot. So I park like this. The sidewalk is about six or eight spaces away that goes into the hotel And we had to go through the hotel to get to the pool. So we get out of the car. She continues to scream. I stop on the sidewalk before we go in. I said, hey, you need to be quiet because you cannot scream down the halls of the hotel before we get to the pool. And yes, you are sitting out 10 minutes. And she began to scream again. It's not fair. It's not fair. Joseph's the one who started it. It's not fair. Well, he at this point is very content with his five minutes. (laughs) And so she got louder and louder. And I said, okay, if you don't stop, look, at this point, clearly it had moved to 15 minutes. And so if you don't stop, we will go home. You cannot walk through the hotel screaming. Scream, 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 scream. I said, okay, everybody back in the car. So Joseph and the neighbor, they walk to the car, load up. I load them. Emily does not move from the sidewalk. This is a sidewalk in front of a hotel. Lots of people walking back and forth. And she does not care. And at this point, I'm sweating, clearly. I'm wishing I had packed a Snickers. And I'm going into I load them up. I get in my car. I said, get in this car now. I'm not leaving! Screaming back and forth. And I'm going... She's six years old now. She's too big for me because, you know, she's a flailer. And so I cannot, at this point, get her into the car. So I'm looking at her, the other two in the car, strapped in, ready to go. And I um, pick up my phone. Well, she sees me pick up my phone. You know, I'm calling in support. And so she screams from over here, You better not be calling daddy! And so screaming at me, and I'm like, of course I'm calling daddy. And whoever else will come help me right now. And she's screaming, screaming, does not stop, does not stop. Two in the back, you know. And Joseph, you're not really going to leave her, are you, mama? And so I'm thinking, oh, how I would love to right now. And so, because I'm thinking there are plenty of adults around here to take care of her, you know. And so I get in the car, and I'm sweating, I'm sweating. I'm like, I, I can't get her to my car. I can't. I can't physically get her. She's refusing to move. I can't get her into the car. Screaming at the top of her lungs. People are walking by like, who's this kid? It's obvious she's with me. She keeps screaming at me. So it's very apparent. And so I finally decided. Matt goes, do I need to come up there? I go, no, I got this. I got this. I hang up and I go and I look at her in the eye. And I knew with Emily, boy, she will call your bluff. I knew whatever I threatened, I had to be willing to follow through. So I got in her face and I said, if you don't get in this car right now, I will call security. (laughs) I said, the security guard will come put you in the car. And I mean, it it took me a long time to decide that was the appropriate play because I knew, I'm like, she could call my bluff. She may. She may. She may. And boy, she was sizing me up. She was trying to figure out, is she for real? And then, and this is how she looks at me. Reads my face. I mean, she would say things to me when she was little, like three. I could tell you don't mean that by your eyebrows. You know. And so, boy, I'm concentrating on my eyebrows right now. I'm working on my eyebrows. And she looked at me, 
decided I was for real, turned, got in the car. And that was it. And then she was fine. And then we got home. Obviously, she had consequences. So I had to leave her in her room so I didn't hurt her. You know, I mean, I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this. You see, that's only one of many stories. I could tell you tantrum after tantrum after tantrum. And, I mean, we're talking one time in in TJ Maxx. I'll never forget it. So we're in TJ Maxx. I whip around. She's doing something. I pinch her arm. Not hard. And I go... You be quiet. And she goes, flails on the floor. You pinched me. You hurt my arm. She's holding her arm. Everyone's looking at me. I'm like, are you joking me right now? And so I turn. What The number of stores I've left like that, you know, I am confident security people have all gotten together and like, yeah, there's that lady. <laughs> there's that lady and her toddler, Joseph, waddling behind me all the time. He was so used to it. Chick-fil-A, good grief the number of times I had to pull her screaming out of the playground or um, uh, bright beginnings. I'll get to that story later. That one was a doozy. Um, You see, because Emily is what we would call a strong-willed child. Um, She is, she actually has every characteristic that any book lists. Um, And she is awesome. She is right now 22. But she, as a child, took every fiber of my being. Now remember, my degree is special education. I took class after class after class of behavior management. And I would look at her when she was four, crying. I'm crying, not her. She's fine. And I'm going, why are you doing this to me? Yeah, that is awesome for therapy later. And so you may be wondering, do I have a strong-willed child? Well, I'm going to give a few, a few hints that you may have a strong-willed child. You, your child may be considered strong-willed if she lets you know with no uncertainty but with great clarity and typically volume when she's displeased, unhappy, or upset. And that can show up very early. They used to call me from the nursery and say, we think Emily has an ear infection. She's clearly in pain. She was three months old. I go, mm-mm, she's mad at you. Um, she doesn't cry in pain. She just cried when she was mad at the adult. Um, your child may be strong-willed if he screams, yell, yells, flails around, stomps his feet simply because you told him no about anything because any no triggers that response. Um, you, your child may be strong-willed if she tells everyone on the playground what to play and how to play it, even those kids who are much older. And then you really know they're strong-willed if the other people all listen to her. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, if he refuses to fall asleep, this shows up early too. When it's obvious that he is exhausted because he wants to determine his own bedtime. Um, if her tantrums about a twisted car strap seat, you know, I mean a car seat strap, you know what I'm talking about? This twisted. If a tantrum about that, you know, just a twisted car strap hits decibels, only heard at a rock concert, your child may be strong-willed. Um, if you catch yourself, oh, this is going to hit with some recognition. If you catch yourself staying longer than you planned because you dread telling her that it's time to leave the playground because you know that tantrum lingers just below the surface and anything could set her off. Um, your child may be strong-willed if his reaction is exactly the same if he ch- when you change the channel on the TV as if you say, I'm going to remove your right leg right now. 
same response. Um, if all those tantrums that we talk about and that we read about and that you talk to your friends about, well, in their home, they'll say, you know, oh, you'll, you just let them cry three times and then it's over. Well, those tantrums in your house last an hour and they have been happening every day for the last, you know, year and a half. Um, your child just may be strong-willed. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong. Um, or if you've yet to find the consequence, that means more to him than getting his way. You're thinking, I can't find the right consequence, and I've got news for you. You will not <laughs> find exactly the right consequence that's going to be more important than getting his way. We're going to talk a lot more about that. But um, you're, you're trying to figure out if your child is strong-willed. I was talking to Julia Fortman last night, and I said, well, what if they can't tell if their child is strong-willed? She said, then they're not. Because if a child is strong-willed, nobody wonders about it. But um, when we talk about strong-willed kids at Fearless Mom, um, we refer to them as strong-willed blessings. And we do that on purpose, not just because we're trying to convince ourselves of it, but we say that a strong will is a great asset. A strong will is determination. It's grit. All of that stuff that we talked about, emotional strength, see, that's where the strong will comes into play. When we talked about grit, when we talk about tenacity, when we talk about sticking with it, that strong will is tremendous in that child's life. My 22-year-old, she wanted to go off to college. She wanted to go far away, Charleston, South Carolina, 1,200 miles. I'm so confident that no one's going to change the way she believes about anything or convince her to do something that she doesn't want to do. Trust me, I tried her whole life. You know, I know that. Why? Because she's a strong-willed blessing, and her strong will is a blessing at this point in her life. Was it a challenge for Mac and me at times? Absolutely. Is it difficult at times? Did it take every bit of my brain power and my willpower? Yes, it did. But it is a blessing, a blessing to me now, a blessing to Matt now, a blessing to Emily now. That's why we're not teasing or joking or trying to be funny when we say strong-willed blessing. We really mean it. When it comes to parenting a strong-willed child, I think the best picture I have, and I think probably God gave me this when the children were young um, so that I could remember it and always picture it. It was helpful to me. But when Emily um, and Joe were preschoolers, we went to SeaWorld a lot, and there was a water park. And in this water park, there was a water feature where the water came down the shoots and the kids had like blocks of wood some of them with holes in them some of them solid because they could put the blocks of wood into the shoots to direct the water in other directions that's what parenting is joseph was water running down the chute you know emily was not water you see with a strong-willed child it's more like wet cement and so whereas with most children, you know, you put that, you know, block in and, oh, going the right way here, found the consequence, this is awesome. With a strong-willed blessing, it is wet cement coming down. So when you put that block in, you've got to keep that block there. And you've got to use everything. You've got to have people around you who can hold your arms when you feel like, I can't do it anymore. It's not working. Yes, it is. Hold steady, hold steady because... Once you direct that wet cement in the right direction, ain't nobody else going to change it. You see, that's the job. The job is just to get it going the right way. 
And so you put in your time as early as possible. You, you arm yourself with whatever you need. Friends who cheer you on as early as possible. Then, once it's going the right way, there are no worries. Because, listen, like I said before, I mean, I wasn't going to change Emily's mind about what she was believing, and no, nor is anyone else. So if you aren't sure, if your child, maybe your child is young, and you're thinking, I can't tell, I don't know, or sometimes maybe I think so, but I can't tell. The truth is, it doesn't matter. It's not like it's a formal diagnosis, or you're going to receive, like, bonus points, you know, or um, federal funding is all of a sudden, you know, it's like a tax write-off if you've got a strong-willed child. It doesn't matter. Your responsibility, if you're a parent, is the same, whether, it, it, whether you have a strong-willed child or not, whether you have a kid who everything comes easy to or not. We said every child enters this world with, you know, likes and dislikes, strengths and weaknesses, gifts and talents, you know, apparent abilities or inabilities. And here's the deal. Your job's the same. So what did we say was our job? We talk about the discipline to teach and train children. It's your job. To teach and train, intentionally using positive and negative consequences, this is from last week, so that they become strong, competent, independent adult children. Odds are, if you've got a strong-willed child, you do that teaching and training, they're going to become strong. They already are strong. And then your job is to make them competent and independent. Your responsibility is the same. Let's review the discipline real quick. There are two types of behavior, remember? Acceptable and unacceptable. Uh, If you have a strong-willed child, we tend to make excuses for our kids because we feel what they feel. And I would say to Mac, like, well, she thinks you meant this. That's why she's screaming over there. And he would say, interesting and irrelevant. She can't behave that way, period. So we first have to get in that mindset of there are only two types of behavior, acceptable and unacceptable. Now, sometimes we understand why they're behaving that way. doesn't matter. Interesting and irrelevant. My job is to discipline and to see two types of behavior, acceptable and unacceptable. I establish the desired behavior. I articulate and model the desired behavior. I give positive consequence when it's displayed, negative consequence when it's not displayed. You see, discipline is not just about, you know, giving punishment. It's the whole deal. It's the whole teaching and training. And so then the last one, rinse and repeat. Over and over and over and over and over, oh, but I'm tired of and over. But it's not working and over. But I can't figure out and over and over again. Now, if you have a strong willed blessing, you are quite familiar with number five. You are, because um, those kiddos, you know, it just, their behaviors don't shift as quickly. And so you picture that wet cement. And you go, I will hold steady. I will stand strong. There are two types of behavior, acceptable and unacceptable. I will address every unacceptable. And I will recognize the acceptable. That's big. You you need to pray. God, help me see the acceptable behavior so I can praise positively. Help me direct that too. That's just as important as giving negative consequences for the undesirable behaviors and the unacceptable. But remember Galatians 6, 9. This may be your theme verse if you have a strong-willed child. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. That harvest is a great relationship with an adult child you got to go 2020. you got to remember it's not about the next 20 minutes. It's about the next 20 years. I say that from experience. Um, Emily and I were um, on the phone last night 
reflecting, and actually we were in a group text talking about some of the stories that we may share um, with, from her preschool years, and we're laughing about it now. I wasn't laughing when I was in the midst of it. I wasn't. I was defeated. I thought, here, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not the right mom for her. It's obviously not working. I cried a lot. I ate a lot. Um, I probably gained 15 to 20 pounds just from, I'm not, I mean, it's kind of funny, but uh, from ages three to seven, you know, was, I'm sorry if you've got a two-year-old and I'm just now telling you this. People say, when's it over? I go, how's your child? Before I tell you, but but um, for me, it was ages three to seven was the most intense, and um, I uh, it, it was not fun for me. Now I loved being a mom even then, and I love, but it was intense. And so I tell you all this now, and I'm like laughing about it, and <laughs> but at the time, I, it wasn't. Now there were certainly days that were awesome, but. Uh, it, it was not always fun. So don't think like, well, I'm not enjoying it as much as Julie appears to. Um, well, you know, I'm 47, Emily's 22, way different, okay? So we laugh about it now, but I was not laughing then. Um, the key word for strong-willed kids, the key word for strong-willed blessings, more, more. Yes, you'll have people that go, oh, yeah, my child's done that. Oh, yeah, you'll read articles. And the thing about a strong-willed child, a strong-willed blessing, they are more determined, more stubborn, more relentless, more intense, and typically more emotional, more passionate. And if you're like me, you're like, is this a joke? Am I being punked right now? Are you seriously crying about that twisted car strap? I mean, are, are we seriously? It's got to be more. It cannot be about the car strap. But that's what it was. It was really the car strap. And so we're going to talk a little bit more next week about handling that, about validating, um, separating, and educating. We talk about emotions. Um, we'll talk about that more next week. But it was hard for me to understand because it was so foreign to me. Um, but to understand that they really do feel things that deeply and that that's good. That's good. That is a blessing. I had to change my perspective because I always thought, this is just hard. This is just difficult. This just isn't working. And the reality was, it was awesome. It was my responsibility not to change her, but to channel her. If you have a strong-willed blessing, your job is not to change him. Your job is to channel him. That is the wet cement image. My job was to get her on the right track. I didn't, I didn't want to change her from cement to water. I love her strong will. Her strong will was given to her by the Almighty. He obviously has great things planned. If you consider world changers, people who are not happy with the status quo and initiate change, those are strong will. I guarantee you their parents were exhausted when they were preschoolers. You know, uh, January we, studied, uh, we celebrated Martin Luther King. I remember I was studying at that point for this, and I remember thinking, I'm so glad that he was as strong as he was. I'm so glad. I guarantee you he was wet cement as a child. I guarantee you it took every fiber of his mother's being. But he was a world changer. Think about the people, the, you know, the, the women who stand up and make change and stand up and speak for other people. If your child, there was a game, Joseph's T-ball game. Didn't even count. They did not keep score. They let every kid bat. There was no, Emily is outside the gate, 
out watching the game. A kid comes, runs, slides in. He's out. You know, the first baseman got him out. Doesn't matter. They go, safe, because he's not like they're going to make him go sit in the dugout. Emily's bawling. He was out. And I'm like, who is she talking about? And why does she care? And so I go over there. This is T-ball. So Emily is seven. And she's sobbing, sobbing, because she felt like the first baseman who got the kid out had been treated, you know, unjustly. And so I'm like, hey, he doesn't even know. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's on to the next batter, too. And so she's crying, crying. I'm like, Emily, what's wrong? He was out. He got him out. I go, it doesn't matter. That sentence, no, does not compute with her. It doesn't matter. You know why? Everything matters. Everything. It's not a big deal. Oh, what? That's like, I may as well have been speaking Greek. You know, everything is a big deal. That was hard for me. She felt that, guess what? That is going to be channeled into doing good for other people. That Think about the people who fight for injustices. They probably were wet cement and they are changing the world right now. The key word then for parenting, SWBs, more. You have the same responsibility as everybody else, same responsibility. You just have to be more awareness, more intentionality. You have to have more patience. You have to have more self-control. You have to have more awareness. You have to be able to see because, boy, they are good and one time is a pattern for an SWB. So if you allow a behavior and they know you allowed the behavior, Emily would say, well, you always let me do that. You are, and I'm like, what? She goes, remember the other day when you, da, 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 you saw me do it and you didn't say anything? You let me do that all the time. And I'm like, oh, gee whiz, man, I wasn't paying attention. And she, I just had to pray for more awareness all the time. I just, my eyes were open. I'm sweating looking as I think back on those days. She's awesome. Um, and then more intentionality. I had to really focus on what I wanted her to become. I had to always say, this is worth it for me because, man, it is easier to toss in the towel. It is easier. And, and trust me, there are days when I was like, yeah, I can't do it today. I can't do it. And God fills in the gaps. He knows what you can do and what you can't. Um, and then more patience because if you go back up there to rinse and repeat over and over and over, you're going to get sick of it and you just keep at it. Over and over and over. And when I say more self-control, moms, emotional children, we cannot respond emotionally to them. It just doesn't help anything. I mean, trust me when I tell you, you know, and Mac will tell about when Emily would escalate, he would escalate, and then she would escalate, and he would escalate, and and it's not fruitful. So we have to use self-control. When it comes to parenting in SWB, you have to work extra hard on a few of our fearless parenting principles. We talk about some of this stuff all the time, and a lot of it, you just have to focus more. Just remember more. I can do it. I can do it. You know, God will fill in my gaps. You have to be more relentless. And you have to be more intentional about removing emotion. You have to remove emotion. It is hard. That is probably the most challenging part if you have a very emotional child. Um, I will confess a story to you in which I failed miserably. Um, So we were in bright beginnings, and Emily was three, maybe four. Emily had an imaginary husband um, named Michael. And so, uh, no, she had a whole family. She had children. Casey, David, and Kavid. Mm-hmm. 
We don't know where Kavid, she blended the, anyway. Um, so she would argue with Michael. I mean, she and Michael would have knockdown drag out. She would come upstairs. She'd be like, Michael is so rude. You know, and I'm like, if I had her in my class, I would be like, well, we know how her mother talks to her father. I promise you, I did not yell at Mac ever. I mean, I could hear her down in her room yelling at Michael. And um, so she, so we were in bright beginnings. Y'all, I don't even know if they still have that. Is, is it still over there anyway? So we were going about Easter shoes, white sandals. Already had the outfit, white sandals. So we go in. I said, we're going to look at white sandals. Well, Michael doesn't like white sandals. So she begins to, Michael does not like white sandals. So I said, we're going to get white sandals. I was trying to remove emotion. I was trying so hard. And so I, well, then she starts screaming, Michael doesn't like white sandals because Michael wanted the rainbow sequin Birkenstocks over here. You know, so Michael only likes rainbow sequins and Michael doesn't, to which I reply, Michael doesn't make decisions in our family. (laughs) So then the sweet poor girl trying to help me goes, who's Michael? (laughs) And I have to say, oh, her imaginary husband. (laughs) Because I had been yelling about Michael now. She sucked me into the whole Michael thing. And so I'm yelling back at her. You see... I should have remembered to remove emotion. But I was kind of sick of Michael and all his opinions, you know. And so I'm like, Michael, and I literally, I remember yelling. In a, it's a small store. And I'm, Michael doesn't make our decisions in our family. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so don't do that. Um, so, of course, no Easter shoes. I don't even know what she wore. I don't care. Probably some of Joseph's cleats. I don't care. I mean, I really had to toss in the towel on that one. Um, but again, she felt everything deeply. I didn't get it. I didn't, not that that was okay. We'll talk about that next week. But teaching her how to articulate, you know, Michael, wow. And Casey and David, and Casey and David, then it kind of grew into um, Casey and David would be Emily and Joseph, and they would come knock on the door, and they were orphans. And so they would knock on the door, and I would open the door and say, oh, would you like to come in? And yes, our mother, their mother would never feed them snack. So that meant that I was, so I would like, would you like some popcorn? Our mother never gives us popcorn. And so, I mean, she would have this. Now, I remember she was two and three. And in the grocery store, she would say so loudly, my other mom always gets this. I totally, everybody thought I was a stepmom. Because she always talked about her other mother. Yeah, my other mother, she always lets me. And I'm like, oh, gee whiz. I mean, I just really, when I start, look, am I turning red? I am probably sweating. I'm, t- I'm going to need a snack after this. Okay. So as uh, some other things that you have to do. Oh, this is huge. You have to care more about the effects of your parenting than the appearance of your parenting. It is a humbling thing. Because everybody will think you're a great mom as long as you're giving him everything he wants so he doesn't have the tantrum. But i got to have that 20-20 approach. And I'm not really doing my job. It, uh, now, sometimes when you're like family holidays and stuff, you're like, okay, you know what? We're going to do what we need to do for the next 24 hours. Um, and, and, so, and, and I get it. I did it. Um, and then my sister said to me one time, she goes, you know, Julie, the whole world is not going to walk on eggshells around Emily. 
She goes, you're going to have to. And I'm like, mind your own business. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it was true. She was right. The whole world is not going to walk on eggshells, and I've got to prepare her for the real world. And so I was just trying to avoid tantrums. I was just doing whatever I had to do to keep everybody happy, you know. And I would tell everybody, don't mention this, you know. I would tell Mac, like, okay, I'm just giving you a heads up. You know, we're kind of on edge. The tantrum's really clear, you know, close to the surface right now. So anything could, you know, turn it the other way. So just, I'm begging you, do me a favor. Um, You have to separate your child's identity from your own identity. Because, you know what, it's not about me and what people think about me. It is about my responsibility with her. And so that comes into the next one. You have to be your child's biggest fan in front of others. You see, when Emily started kindergarten, first of all, my mom was good, said, so um, how are you going to let the school know about her? And I said, what do you mean? She goes, Julie, I, I feel like you should... Maybe let them know. Give them a heads up, you know. And I'm like, Mom, what are you talking about? You know, and she's like, just maybe, you know, just may want to go talk to somebody. Just let them know. She had been a kindergarten teacher. And I said, what do I tell them? You know, your, uh, Emily's teacher won't need an aide. <laughs> you know, she actually could leave the class for hours and Emily will be in charge. <laughs> you know, it'll be totally fine. But, but I then, people would come up to me, mothers. You know, oh, are you Emily's mom? And immediately I wanted to say, yes, what did she say? I'm so sorry. I apologize in advance. Because she would say to people, you know, like she said to her teacher, like, um, where'd you get those boots? Do you think they have those in kid sizes? How much do they cost? Yeah. And then she would say things. And I'm just like, I never knew what would come out of her mouth. You know, I never. So I always was trying to apologize for her when that's not what I should have been doing. It's okay. It's okay. It wasn't a reflection on me. And, you know, most people thought she was awesome too. That's what I told myself. But they, they did. And she was strong. But I always wanted to say, uh, one time a neighbor said to me, like, this is what they'll do. You know, if you're playing outside, like, oh, wow. And then I want to say, I know she's strong. I, I, know, I know that that was real. It's not my job. My job is to be her fan. I don't need to respond to that. I don't need. And another thing about sharing on Facebook, I share these stories now with Emily's permission and because she's awesome, and because she understands that um, there's great value, it gives moms hope if they're in the middle of it. I did not laugh about them when I was in it, and I certainly never made fun or laughed about it when she was in the room. I may, you know, cry and tell my mother a story after Emily had gone to bed, but If I am really wanting to raise her up to be an adult and I have a serious issue like working on this, then I'm not going to laugh about it in front of her because that belittles her and and I'm not going to do that. That takes away from my responsibility. Again, I share these stories now because she is much older. Um, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Everybody say self-control. No, no, no. Say it like you mean it. I know you don't want, I hate the word, okay? It's hyphenated. Is that two words? Is that just one word? One word since it's hyphenated? I hate the word. It's inconvenient. It annoys me. But everybody say self-control. You see, it's the fruit of the Spirit, which means when I stepped into a relationship with Christ, God gave me the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Now I have the ability 
to use self-control. Not only the ability, I have the responsibility to use self-control. So when it talks about being relentless and removing emotion and choosing to be my child's fan in front of others and choosing to focus on the next 20 years and not the next 20 minutes, then I have to use that self-control. I have to trust that God is going to give me what I need and I keep my mouth shut unless I'm saying something positive about my child. Or about the emotion, boy, self-control, really, really big. Um, The strong-willed child simply wants to be master of his own domain, queen of everything. That's what they're... And the truth is, we are all born, every human, with a predisposition towards self-preservation and self-promotion. Everyone is born with that. It's just that a strong-willed child, a strong-willed blessing has more self-determination, more determined. You know, it's all those mores, more of everything. Again, we don't want to make them less. My job, if I go back to what I said, they, were, they all had more of, more determined, more stubborn, more relentless, more intense. I don't want to make her less determined. I don't want her to be less stubborn or less relentless or less intense. I don't want to make her less. I just want to channel what's there. It's not about changing. It's about channeling. And so I love that strong will. It will serve her well if she understands the key pirate parenting. We have a pirate parenting series that we did two years ago, um, and there is a lot more on this topic. But the key pirate parenting principle for a strong-willed blessing is authority. Why? Because they just want to be in charge of everything. But what they need to learn is to submit their will to an authority. And it's not about I'm being power-hungry. When I do that, it's because I'm preparing her heart. Remember, it's more about shaping a heart than it is changing a behavior, we said last week. Well, I'm preparing her heart because ultimately, yes, she has to submit to me as an authority. Yes, she has to submit to the government and the police force and whomever. But ultimately, she has to submit to God. Because I know that her best life is one lived in obedience to her creator. So as I'm teaching her authority, I have to have in mind the ultimate goal is for her to submit her life to God's authority. And so that makes it worth it. If you look at Romans 13.1, everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. And then Psalm 119, 1 and 2. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. It's all about obedience, obedience to the Creator. Joyful are those who obey His laws and search for Him with all their hearts. So my responsibility is to teach and train her, guide her, not change her, but channel her, not make her less, but just channel the more. And then I teach her to submit to authority. That is the big deal. So here is, in my opinion, the parenting pendulum of having a strong-willed blessing. Because if they want to be masters of their own domain, if they want to be queen of everything, then I need to teach her how to make choices. So I want to give her opportunities to choose. But I'm still in charge. So my child doesn't choose everything, but I do give her some opportunities for choice. So, for instance, I may say, tonight at bedtime, you get to choose two books. Well, needless to say, I can assure you, Emily would have said, well, I want three books. 
because she's trying. You know, that's not because she's rude or, or stingy. Or she's just going to push it and be in charge. And I go, okay, I know you want three. We're going to do two. You can pick two. But I want three. Okay, now you're down to one. No emotion. Hurt. I go, it's your choice. I use that word a lot. It's your choice. You can do one. You can do, okay? And then she goes, maybe not. Maybe, it, no, I want three. Oh, I'm so sorry. I wanted to be in here, but you chose to pitch a fit, and now I can't be. And so that's it. No emotion. Easier for me to say now she's 22. <laughs> but that was the goal even when she was younger. And when I did it, it, you know, it worked. When I could do it, when I implemented the self-control. And then if she would say to me, but mom, you need to hear my side. But mom, but mom, but mom. And I would say, I want to hear you, but you need to remember your tone. I'm the mother. Understand? Yes, ma'am. So I would say to Joseph even, take a deep breath. I want to hear, but watch your tone. And then, and then if Emily escalated, I go, oh, I wanted to hear you, but now I can't. I'm the mom, and you have to be respectful. Well, she had to learn how to communicate. Again, next week she'll be here. And we're going to talk about, and she's going to remember back on how we did some of those things. But it is all about treasuring that will, treasuring that gift of a strong will, and changing your perspective from, it's not my job to make her less. It's my job to channel what is there. And that strong will is awesome. And that strong will is tenacity. That strong will is grit. That strong will is the emotional strength that she's going to need. You have to shift your focus. And we'll probably have some more stories to tell. Maybe, um, you know, Emily did enter kindergarten and there was a boy named Michael. And so clearly she told him they were engaged. First week of school. She comes home, you know, I'm engaged to Michael. We love. And I said, Emily, that is so fun to pretend. And she said, we're not pretending. We love each other. And we are getting married. So I'm going to let her explain to you um, next week why they broke up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a doozy. It's a doozy. And they're still friends to this day. And um, his mother still introduces Emily, like all through high school. Oh, she told Michael they were engaged the first week of kindergarten. Yeah, it's great. It's great. We have more funny stories now. Why? Because um, God was faithful. And what I saw and what was a great challenge to me, um, I had people around me. I stayed tethered to the church. And so there were friends at church, other moms, who loved Emily Strong Will, who laughed with me, who helped me see, you know. I remember one friend going, oh, my gosh, that, oh, it's a whole other story about her when she wouldn't get on the bus one day and then she wouldn't get out of the car at the carpool line and was just screaming, I told you I'm not getting out of the car. Yeah, that was awesome. And so, but my friend was like, oh, Julie, what is God going to do with her? What, and so you have to make sure you stay tethered to the church so that those people are cheering you on. Um, but, but it is so, so, so worth it. And you can do it. And um, you, if you're thinking, I don't have a strong-willed child, it's good for you to understand and to consider what your friends who do are dealing with. 
and to be that mom who encourages and to be that mom because, man, some of you have like obedient, compliant kids. Rock on. I mean, we cheer you on. And um, so remember, though, to be sensitive to those parents who, and and when you see a child flailing around in Target, um, you just, I bet that mom is doing the best she can. I bet she's working hard, and I bet she is focusing on the next 20 years and not the next 20 minutes. And if you have time, why don't you take her a snack, okay? Because she probably wants one. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for Emily and all that she adds to our family. And and I thank you for her willingness to allow me to share all the stories. I thank you that she laughs at them now, that we laugh at them now. I ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you hover over moms who have strong-willed blessings, that you change the lens in their eyes, that they are able to see the gift, that they are able to see the strength as a blessing, and that they are able to see that they are not alone. God, we thank you that you trust us to parent these world changers. Give us the strength, the tenacity, the patience, the joy, the self-control, the love that we need to channel them. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.